0: welcome back wildcats to another episode of pod talk jam and break here on the brazilian dragon podcast network First things first, my name is Felipe, and starting today, I will no longer be Zephroning my way through these podcast introductions. But enough about me, because we are joined by not Corbin Blech, but just as special of a celebrity guest. It is Michael Bloom. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, to be compared to the great Corbin Blech. Uh, I do not have nearly as good jump roping skills. That's the only other thing I remember about him, is that besides High School Musical, he was in it's called like jump right in. I think jump in. Yes. Jump, jump in, jump in. Uh, Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I would not say not much success for Corbin Bleu, considering that, you know, he was regarded as such a celebrity in the first episode. But listen, if I could be compared to that man's hair and dashing good looks and presence, uh, I am all the better for it. So thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Of course. Yeah. It's a very timely time. It's very timely for the cast of jump in to have a resurgence meanwhile corbin blue is on disney plus doing high school musical musical series kiki palmer is in nope uh and that's very different trajectories for them
1: same level in my opinion exact same career trajectory who would have known jump in is where it all began
0: exactly uh mike first things first welcome to the brazilian dragon uh we're so excited to have you here and by we i mean me (laughs) <laughs> but, you, uh, oh,
1: you are, listen, with no offense to the, the all the people you have greatly working behind the scenes, you are the Brazilian dragon. Uh, so I think now I, I feel like I'm, I'm think, talking to the entire network in the form of one person. Y-
0: yes, very much. Uh, uh, what is your history with High School Musical and the Disney Channel universe in general?
1: Oh, two very distinct yet very good questions. I mean, my history with the Disney Channel universe is pretty voluminous you know growing up in the 90s while there was a nice wider selection of children's television compared to the 80s and especially the 70s it really was limited to the big three right which were Cartoon Network Disney Channel Nickelodeon and I know people are like oh I'm a Nickelodeon kid I'm a Cartoon Network kid I honestly and this shows how much freaking TV I unhealthily watched as a child like I was all three I was all three yeah I, I had a diet of all this stuff, I'd watch Edit and Eddie, and I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on with Lizzie McGuire. Uh, Let's watch the umpteenth Rugrats rerun that I've watched for, like, the 50th time. Uh, And so I had a nice buffet of everything. And so with Disney Channel, I had been watching it for a while. Uh, And so 06 was... uh, Because that's when it came out, right? Yes,
0: January 06.
1: Yeah, so that was... I actually remember, ironically enough, like, I remember watching it after auditions for my own high school musical because i was a junior in high school when high school musical came out so yes i will admit that like i might have aged out of the 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 sort of good audience i think they're really aiming for like the tweens to early teens crowd but look i'm always here to buck the trend so i remember watching it and like actually sincerely enjoying it like dcoms are very fun but there is certainly a tongue-in-cheek level of like yeah, this is kind of like a B movie. Uh, like there there's definitely some qualities here that are set to this like 70-minute made-for-tv broadcast. High school musical, I mean, as a fan of musicals and a participant in musicals, felt distinctly different, uh, considering like the number of songs, the people involved, etc., etc. So I really loved the first high school musical. I watched the second one. I did not have the wherewithal to watch the third one, uh, at least not in theaters, because it came okay. out what, 2010? Yeah, that was, like,
0: deep in my Disney Channel phase. Uh, That was in theaters, I want to say 2009 or 10. I'll double check right now.
1: Yeah, because I was in college by then. And so it was tough to, like, A, get a car. 2008. So I just started college. Uh, So it was tough to get a car, let alone convince that car and the person driving the car to drive you to see High School Musical 3 on screen. So that's when, like, you know, my sort of interest had faded, though. Of course, I always followed a lot of what uh, the cast was doing off screen uh, as well, with all of their various projects, especially with Zefron and Vanessa Ann Hudgens. And then when this show came out, High School Musical: The Musical: The Series, I was like, "I sure," because this was also one of the first Disney Plus original series, uh, yeah. and so it really was like the Wild West between this and The Mandalorian of okay, this is original content for a brand new streaming service that obviously has a reputation behind it. It's not completely new to everybody, but, like, let's see what they actually do. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I think the kids themselves are incredibly talented, uh, including, may they sort of rest in peace, the ones that apparently won't be on this season or, like, might be in a smaller capacity. Uh, It's a little cringe, I'll admit, uh, especially you know we'll talk about some stuff in this very episode but like there is such a positive like attitude that all the characters buy into that i can't help but enjoy like in season 1 when they when carlos makes the high school musical board game and they like play it the, with at the a house category yeah and i'm like like shouldn't you kids be drinking yeah. or like 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 don't you have something better to do with your lives but at the other hand i'm like this is very wholesome And I love that as well. Uh, And it also shows a different, I don't know, opinion from me of the way Disney regards its products, where I felt for a long time, with the exceptions of sequels, they were more likely to just kind of put something out and then move on to the next thing. And this is like so much fan service, so much worship of this thing that it created that I think it is the Disney Channel shouting out a, a very fervent community that keeps them very well endowed in terms of, you know, funds to this day so it's a show that i found myself like wanting to check out on a lark because again new streaming service barely any originals and found myself like really enjoying uh and the different phases what keeps me going i think are the the performances and like the surprisingly good original songs that come out of it in the midst of yeah let's do a dance battle to like a club version of, of the, song? the- of the mob song from the I have in that beast. in
0: my notes because I remember you discussing it in the posture recaps Discord. Like, what in the wildness is this song? And I wanted to specifically ask about the mob song.
1: I mean, it's freaking wild. I love myself, the mob song, especially nowadays. Like, it explains like forty percent of America uh, can sort of be summed up in that song. I think there's a lyric, right? Like we don't like what we uh what we don't we can't see or like what we don't oh. understand. Uh, and which again is incredibly applicable. but it was something that was dressed up for a different occasion. yeah. And they said, screw that tuxedo, we're going swimming. And you're like, but I'm wearing this tuxedo. And as a result, like, yeah, you're not going to swim very well because you're swimming in a tuxedo. You didn't bring your bathing suit. And it was just this odd, one of the most square pick into round hole moments, not only in the show, but like I can think of from a musical perspective as of late. But they take so many freaking shots all the time with all this stuff that I, I can't help but smile at at least the audacity of... Again, taking the mob song and saying, yeah, this is the good setting for a dance battle. Absolutely. We're gonna make Beat It out of Beauty and the Beast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I remember Jason Curtis Rivera said it was his favorite thing ever and his least favorite thing ever simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Again, it's that dichotomy, right, of like, God, this is difficult to look away from, and I can't tell if that's good or bad or both. Yeah, this, the,
0: I mean, the thing that I keep coming back to is the dialogue is so cringy. Like, whoever... Like, I feel like they don't know how to write for high schoolers as someone who has tried to write a high school story before. And I feel like, have you ever talked to a high schooler? Like, have you ever interacted? Like, just talk to the kids in the cast and see if they can punch up the lines for you. Um, Like, some of the jokes have not landed with me, and it's just so cringy. But I can't keep but watching. It's so entertaining.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, is that it's almost entertaining even more because of that. Because, again, it's earnest. You, You can tell that these are, like, 40 plus year old men being like and then Nini says bet that's <laughs> what they say nowadays right they all say bet and yeah. they film TikToks, and that's all that they do and so it is this really interesting way of disney to like approach gen z culture trying to do it as wholesomely as possible but very much in this lens of like we don't understand but we're gonna try our best yeah Uh, I wanted to ask if you have
0: any favorite moments, characters, songs from the last couple seasons before we get into this episode.
1: It's rough because, like, I obviously am so associated with the musicals proper that, like, I don't remember a lot of the original songs, especially because the original songs are, like, so tonally displaced, where it's like, Dini's like, I'm going to write a song for Beauty and the Beast, and it sounds like something that would play in, like, a trailer for the newest Taylor Swift movie, you know, of like the, the, the music writing of someone like Olivia Rodrigo is just not in the same style as Alan Menken. So it's really tough to, I mean, we'll talk about this episode, right. Where there's like a frozen medley and then there's like these two songs. I feel like they could be, uh, you know, track seven and eight on a mixtape of tunes to drive by uh, speaking of driver's license. And so (laughs) I will, I mean, I have to like, then reflect back to, uh, like, some of the covers that I really enjoyed. I really liked the cover, If If I Can't Love Her, uh, last season, was, like, the really top of mind for me, because the thing about Beauty and the Beast is that there is, uh, because I'm a Broadway nerd, like, there is the movie version, and then there is the Broadway version, which, because it's a show, like, significantly late in things and added songs, one of them was If I Can't Love Her. I was a little saddened in the Emma Watson version, how they got rid of that in favor of like that Josh Groban song, right? Because they wanted to to have an Oscar for it. Because if I can't love her is great. The guy who played Howie sang it really, really well. It was nicely, you know, counteracted with some character montage stuff that was going on at the same time. So like, that's probably the first one that sticks out to mind for me. I I'm sure there are many others, especially like I have not rewatched. The random, like, Lucas Grabeel number dream sequence in season one was, again, as an example of, like, why are we watching this, yet I can't look away. So that might also be a highlight for me somehow.
0: Uh, I feel like you would uh, appreciate the Miss Jen song and dance number that they did to save her job. I feel like that's, like, up your alley of, like, this is so chaotic and, like, slightly cringeworthy, but it's hilarious.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about season one was that, like, Miss Jen, I'm not sure what she was supposed to come across to us but at least initially for me it's like she is a little manic uh she's very much personifying that like whatever it takes we're all theater people mentality Uh, and i will admit one of the reasons why like i have distanced myself from doing shows is that like again there's a little bit of that hokiness and cheesiness that we're in all this together of it all that was like i I don't i don't necessarily want it's not to say I'm, i'm cooler than it by any means uh i am you know uh, as square as spongebob himself but i do think that the way miss jen kind of like approached some of these things again was a little cringy but i like the fact that at least in season two they they dimensionalized her a bit yeah. right like gave her an antagonist in Derek huff's character who is like even more over the top than her proved that like she may be a little much but she really does love her kids and she loves the art so like I came around on her. I also ended up uh, seeing Kate Reinders in Something Rotten. I didn't okay. realize until I, I like looked her up that she was in the original cast of that. So I always appreciate that as well. Again, as like a singing nerd, I always like when they and that's another good thing about the show casting people who can sing uh, yeah. instead of just saying let's bring on like sort of known celebrity and have them like, try to muddle their way through. Like everyone here has a good voice, and I love the fact that they brought in like. Broadway caliber talent. Who, granted, she's not gonna do a lot of singing, but like, if they need to throw her into a world number with Lucas Grabeel, they'd be able to do so.
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel like Miss Jen is definitely the kind of teacher who, when they all graduate, she'll gift them all fake IDs. But because it's Disney Channel, they won't even acknowledge that because it's not Euphoria; it's High School Musical the musical series.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like she's she's cool. Like she is down. She's definitely. I mean, hell, the first episode of season three, right? Like her and Nini are hanging out at her house, like. That's not the typical student-teacher relationship. Yeah. It's definitely some it's degree. borderline Mr. Schuster. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't want to go full Will Schuster where now, you know, she's getting married to this guy and is like, oh, Nini, I want you to be my maid of honor. Like, that's a step too far. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, Mr. Shu belongs in prison. And I said...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. I that I, man in an said. orange suit yeah. to do his rap songs yeah. to the inmates before he gets brutally stabbed.
0: Exactly. Uh, Mike, did you have any summer camp experience? Because this season all takes place in summer camp.
1: I did not. No. Uh, for people that might have listened to like the sparse amount of times that I've talked about wet hot American summer in its various forms, uh, as someone had a lot of high functioning anxiety and depression as a child, like I was very much against sleeping over anybody's house. Like I barely did it. I was very much a homebody. I was very yeah. much like a I can't go to bed, and if I'm in a different environment there was in seventh grade uh, a field trip that was week long that was called nature's classroom that all the seventh graders went on where we would go to like a pseudo camp stay there for the week and do stuff and i was surprisingly well adjusted yeah. to it but i was never i was more of a day camp person uh than a summer camp person and i certainly did some theater stuff within the day camp proper but certainly not a like put your phones away even though phones didn't really exist back then like seclude yourself within this environment and focus on show and show and nothing but show for three weeks straight
0: i can relate to that very much the day my brother was born i my dad was like can you stay over with your friends that you were hanging out with during the day and i was like sure and then like at like 11 p.m i just started crying i was six and i was like i want to go home and my dad picked me up uh like i think i did one sleepover successfully Mm -hmm. during elementary school otherwise they had to come to my house and i would probably like go somewhere else in the in the house and sleep on the couch or something uh I don't know I sleepovers made me anxious but surprisingly also I did a fifth grade field trip and I was fine for that
1: yeah I Uh, don't know maybe it's just like maybe there's almost safety in numbers that there are like so many people plus it also like with those field trips they really tire you out during the day that like you you just are out like a light no matter how uncomfortable you are versus like sleepovers you might be up until like three in the morning but like by and large you probably are pulling some sort of all-nighter just because it's so uncomfortable
0: i also think i have massive fomo like so Mm. if everyone else went without me i would be like what are they doing like even uh this latest know-it-alls i was like not able to make and i was like ah the stress of not being there makes me upset
1: now is there more stress of not being there or stress of actually going do you think
0: uh to summer camp or to the know-it-alls
1: I, I mean both you know there's because there certainly is this idea yeah. of like what i'm oh i'm missing out on this stuff but like for a lot of us right it's like all right i'm gonna make this effort to go there and yeah. you get there cool. and you're like uh oh, for
0: don't me to, for the know-it-alls here. it was definitely stressed about not being there because financially it would have been more stressful had i gone because i was like at that point i didn't have this warner brothers gig and it was mm-hmm. like gonna be like not a good responsible decision for me to go um also like flights and hotels they would all add up and i know i would yeah. be eating out all the time instead of like sustaining on like dollar pizza i would probably go somewhere <laughs> and sit but uh I-, I looked like everyone had fun and then i went to disneyland a couple days later so it's like it all worked out and everyone yeah, exactly. got COVID anyway. so you <laughs> including find myself
1: or you'd be like ricky and you show up like two days into it like all right i'm here now i'm a yeah. part of it i made the impulsive decision to come here
0: yeah um last things before we get into the recap uh i think you might be the first father i've ever had on the podcast oh what no were
1: daddies the... being invited onto the brazilian dragon podcast I mean,
0: open invites to everyone but i just checked and i was like i don't think i've ever had a dad on the podcast yeah you checked the...
1: all of our paternity tests right to make yeah. sure you don't worry here of like now i understand why i had to pee in a cup now it all makes sense <laughs>
0: yeah. uh the dad jokes in episode one what were your thoughts
1: I mean, listen, that is my bread and butter even before I became a father, so like, good on EJ, because look, this dude has some issues with his dad in the first place. I don't want to psychoanalyze too much. He might be projecting of, like, I'm gonna be the father to these damn kids that I didn't have in my life. But also, life, so.
0: the boyfriend of one of them, like, blurring the yeah. lines.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's odd, but, I mean, he also is, though, like, like he's the one who seemingly has the car, like, he was. he's the director, right? Like, he is taking on this paternal role i don't know if it's just because like the actor is taller and kind of resembles older than the rest of the cast i agree it's an odd relationship but listen i can't be too mad this is a great yeah. example right of them being like all right i don't know i don't care what agj is he likes puns listen yeah. he's gonna listen. associate with me
0: yeah uh my favorite character isn't in this season and i'm so upset uh big Who red is it?
1: i know i loved big red that was also one of my favorite scenes right was the post credits marvel style in season one where he does the big tap dance number because then that's another thing like larry saperstein uh was like an entire like just personified as an actor the entire time but like was in 13 like has song and dance experience we see that in that opening holiday uh what do they call that like like a one take almost like they try to do it like a yeah. lip dub right where they like take them through the entire school uh, yeah. so I was really happy to see that and I'm sad that he's not here Did he's you, have supposed you not... to
0: show up in one episode I saw but uh yeah. can we talk bro... about
1: that for a second so yeah. like how much Nancy Drewing have you done was it a matter of like contract negotiations was it just they were writing the scripts and they're like uh, these people didn't necessarily fit the bill um I haven't gotten a
0: full answer my assumption is some of them were they had other things going on lily uh was supposed to be in some batman tv show as the daughter of the joker the uh, woman who played her but who knows if that's even happening anymore so uh with all the things that have broken this week news story wise uh big red i I think he had a movie but i don't know if that's like i think he would have shown up for this if this was like on the table i think they just Wrote around certain characters because at the end of the day, they wanted to like have some summer camp storylines, and maybe they wanted Ashlyn and Ricky to have not Ricky, Big Red to have tension, uh, Seb and Carlos to maybe have some tension when they come back. But those were two of my favorite season two characters, uh, Seb and Big Red, um, especially after Larry Saperstein came out as bisexual. I was hoping we could get some storyline, uh, for my representation needs, exactly.
1: (laughs) And it's and it's odd, like. Uh, and I really like the the Sab and Carlos stuff that they, the Sab and Carlos stuff that they handled last season. Because again, it was very much, especially like with a lot of understandable consternation of Disney of like, yeah. all right, we'll put, we'll put something gay in here for you. Yeah. LeFou will give a look to a guy in One Shot of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, like it felt good for them to not only highlight it, but really normalize it, in my opinion, where it's not yeah. like this is different because we're gay. It's like, no, we're, it's just like a normal high school relationship.
0: But then Disney will do the thing where there was a line last season that's like, there's no other guys like me at this school. No other guys who watch RuPaul's Drag Race Canada. <laughs> and yeah, I was so like... Again,
1: it's like, yep, that's, that's not exactly not, not everybody is represented there, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's almost like a choice that a show makes in like, it's later seasons sometimes where like people will leave the show or like, due to budget cuts, they'll just cut down the cast significantly for the final season. So it's an interesting move to be made again. I'm I'm, I hope things come out eventually as to like what exactly happened, but yeah, I'll admit I was a little disappointed by it. Of like, yeah, we're going to pare down the cast. Really. Obviously the Olivia Rodrigo stuff. Like I think the news came out this week, right. That she's only going to be in like a half the episodes of the season. Yeah.
0: So I know the, the screeners went out and she was in at least the first three episodes based on the reviews. Um, but It feels very much like they didn't know what to do with her. They didn't want to do a full, like, half of the cast goes to New York. Half the cast stays in Lima, Ohio. Oh,
1: no. (laughs) Um,
0: But uh, she clearly, like, they wanted her to be part of the show. And I feel like she has love for the show, regardless of everything that happened. Uh, Right. It's it's
1: like, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is obviously there are some memories linked there. But I do think, by and large, like, she has a lot of devotion to the mouse itself and, like, how this gave her her start. Like, I remember watching I think I ended up watching High School Musical the musical the special uh Christmas one not the Christmas one it was like a behind the scenes one where they talk about like uh her and uh what's his name Joshua Bassett like writing a song together in season one right and like all their uh trepidation and like approaching the showrunners and doing it and it's kind of cool to see obviously Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo grow from that and so I'm glad that she's not full like Jeanette McCurdy, right? I'm just like, I'm going to write a scathing memoir in a few years about how Disney channel is the, is the uh Disney in, large, in general is the absolute worst. But then you also have to deal with this thing of like, yeah, you have this mega pop star now on your show. So I'm, even glad they got her for the episodes that they did yeah. i was very surprised that when i heard the news that she was coming back to the show
0: yeah and i really liked the song that she wrote for this episode compared to like some of the other original songs like balance was fun and we'll talk about it but uh this was like such a great song i think it was like also slightly different than what we usually get from olivia rodrigo like she does more slow down ballads, and this one was kind of more like it felt summer campy
1: mm-hmm yeah, yeah. absolutely
0: uh, but let's talk about the episode. So this is called Into the Unknown, episode two, season three. Uh, we start off with a lot of meta jokes about the, the yes. summer camp, the series, uh, like, and all this joke about how it's too long of a title. No one's ever going to know it.
1: What do you think about the whole documentary thing? Because now it sort of warps my head a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to because they don't really consider it. But like, in shows like Parks and Recreation and Modern Family they use the mockumentary style but like they never acknowledge that there is a documentary being filmed as opposed to something like The Office it felt like for a while they were doing that with High School Musical the musical the series but like in this instance are we to assume that from now on when people are being filmed and talking into the camera, it is for the documentary. I have no
0: idea. Cause they could change the rules again next season. And yeah. it just makes my brain hurt. Cause I even thought of the office season. I as like, okay, is this like game changing for the world that we're in? Mm-hmm. Are they just going to keep following these people after the success? What if like the Disney plus special is so much of a ratings hit that they're like, Oh, now we're going to follow you in school. But then what the purpose of them being there previously it made my brain hurt, um, and I don't like it. I wish they they stuck with one thing. I don't want to think about High School Musical, the musical, the series that deeply.
1: I know, like, now is it going to end with them being like, and now we'll debut our documentary, High School Musical, the musical, the series, within High School Musical, the musical, the series, and then all of our brains simultaneously explode.
0: Exactly. Uh, this has been renewed for season four. I don't know if you've seen oh, nice. that. Yeah. No, was... I didn't
1: see that. That's good. I actually was a little, not worried about it, but like, you never know especially again you were talking about like recent news with stuff like hbo max especially with streaming shows netflix we know is very much about like the three and done policy usually yeah "Yeah, three seasons then we'll usually cancel it so you never know but i'm glad that at least there there's enough here to keep them going for whatever musical they're going to do next
0: exactly and i i want to see these actors continue to grow before they uh do more stuff like i think sophia wiley's incredibly talented but i also uh think that like she can grow more here before she moves on to the next thing i i I like that she's kind of filling in the like lead shoes
1: yeah ironically enough she finally gets it after season one right she's finally the lead gina 1.0 comes back in more ways than one
0: exactly yeah Uh, but i do i know myself i have a tendency to love that sort of mean woman of color at the start of a show who then like gets softened up as the series progresses. I mean, you're
1: speaking about Santana Lopez. Let's just uh, be completely. hundred percent Yes.
0: But uh, yeah, so uh we see Maddox playing the bugle, and uh regardless of summer camp, uh that is not a way I want to be woken up. I like the sound of a bugle. If I hear it too many times, it'll start making me anxious whenever I hear one.
1: Yeah, so this this Maddox character is so interesting uh because like she is the stage manager and we had that stage manager character in the first two seasons as well but like she was not singing and dancing at all like this woman is Burt from Mary Poppins she's a one-woman <laughs> band she played guitar last time she played a bugle now it's clear like I am pr- I'm thinking that she is eventually going to usurp or possibly EJ will step down and she will take over as director because she has some good instincts here yeah. She is a woman of many talents and just a complete mystery box.
0: I'm so curious about what she was doing with those Twizzlers at the end. Um,
1: yeah, like, what the hell? Is she offering it to some sort of pagan god in the middle of the forest? So they released the
0: titles for the next couple episodes uh, through episode six. And next week is The Woman in the Woods. And I feel like that uh, has to be connected.
1: So it's probably some sort of, like, urban legend of at the camp. Yeah. You've to- seen
0: Avatar, right? The TV show? Yeah. Why does it remind me of that lady who bloodbends? Like, (laughs) like, is she the woman Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that'll be interesting. So yeah, now instead of like sticking into the other high school at dark, we're going to have like all of them wandering around the woods at dark to try to satiate this woman's bloodlust.
0: Normally happens uh, at summer camps, but uh, more not Disney Channel appropriate, I feel like.
1: No, I would say, listen, they've gone a little bit more mature, especially now that they're starting to add, like, more adult content in there. But I think that's a bit of a step too far for High School Musical, the musical, the series.
0: Exactly. Although the fact that these are both, this and Euphoria, are are about the same age group (laughs) is very wild to me. Yeah,
1: do you think they're going to put on Frozen and you see, like, uh, a needy audience be like, wait, is this effing play about me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Elsa was actually inspired by uh, Mr. Mazzara. Oh, my (laughs) God.
1: Well, now it all makes sense. I'm putting two and two together
0: yeah um so ricky we get the title sequence uh ricky is awoken by carlos steaming his face uh yeah as a musical theater kid did you ever do that
1: I definitely did it more so towards like the end of my career. Like, you see Broadway people doing it all the time because basically what it's doing is just like keeping your vocal cords moist because when they dry out, then they get scratchy and then it's no good. And so he's warming up while just like holding this little personal steamer up to his face. It's, and now we actually have one now, uh, just because like congestion issues, it also does a great job of solving that problem.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, But Ricky doesn't know what Frozen is, and he Carlos doesn't want him to. This man
1: raised in a cardboard box, like he doesn't know what anything is ever.
0: Ricky continues to frustrate me at times. I know he showed some character growth in the last episode, but like he was very full of himself in this episode thinking Jet was trying to be like him. I was like, no, Jet was just scolded and he had to go somewhere. But
1: And, and also like, uh, like he doesn't know you. Like it's not like yeah. the those eighth graders that follow around Gina, right? And like want to be in her shadow. Like this dude doesn't know you from Adam. Uh, I also loved again, the meta-ness, right? Of Carlos just calling out the fact that like, yeah, you're kind of, walked ass backwards into lead roles yeah. two times out that's not going to work at this theater camp
0: exactly and it was it was definitely uh frustrating because i was not pro ricky being the beast i was thinking he should have been someone else based on his audition alone obviously for plot oh, yeah. reasons they wanted to make well yeah
1: because he effed up his audition completely yeah
0: miss jen uh that might have been a wrong choice uh, uh <laughs> but uh where were we? Uh, yeah, so he doesn't want him to Zephron his way to the top. Uh, meanwhile, Courtney is missing Sasha, her phone. Uh, I feel like Courtney's becoming more of a comedic queen than we've seen her in past seasons, and I like this new side of Courtney.
1: Well, I think because, well, season one, she was very much like the friend, the sidekick, right? Season yeah. two, they did give her a bit more dramatic stuff with the, the crush plotline with Howie. He's gone now. We'll see if she might find a some romance. I'm hoping
0: Courtney is Anna or Anna. I'm hoping Ooh. that's what they go because yeah, they I'm spotlighted hoping spotlighted her a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean we can talk about casting as we go along here. I hope, to your point, like uh, I hope Ricky is Hans. Like I would love this idea of like him having to reconcile him possibly playing a villain uh, and being like, okay, he was the leading man, the hero, the the capital G good guy for the past two musicals, and now he has to play someone who like manipulates someone else romantically to get what he wants.
0: It would be very on the nose. Uh, I, I Sam and I were pushing for him to be Sven just so he has like a supporting role instead. for his. That, first but time. that's
1: so demeaning. Now that could be used as a punchline, right? Of just like him standing with antlers on the stage the entire time. But like to go from, I mean, that is quintessential big fish in a small pond to vice versa, right? Of yeah. like playing lead roles in your first two shows to now you're a reindeer who just brays on stage.
0: I would be here for it because I feel like I would rather be Hans than Kristoff. If I was speaking personally, I feel like Hans is more fun to play. And well, Ricky yeah, villains and villains,
1: especially <laughs> Disney villains, are almost always more fun, especially compared to the leading guys. So I think Kristoff had some like at least some funny stuff yeah. to him, right? If it's more so like the prince from Sleeping Beauty, then yeah, get him the hell out of here. When those old Disney movies, like the leading guys, were just such cardboard.
0: For sure, for sure. Uh, Gina 1.0 returns. Uh, she tells. Ashlyn and uh, Courtney that the, I forget the word, the, ter- the trio? Uh, yeah, when the, when they audition,
1: yeah, they auditioned together yeah. uh, last, which was again such an odd thing, but sure, we'll they make it like work. They
0: did like a RuPaul dance style song uh, yeah, instead and, and, of a musical theater number.
1: Which again, is very odd in terms of auditions, but again, mix in as many different types of music as you want to. I mean, I guess I can understand it. I can understand Ashlyn and Courtney being like, don't fix what's not broken but gina being like yeah listen nini is like god i want to do my own thing for once
0: yeah and should we get this partially dream sequence partially her singing in the cabin balance is the name of the song
1: yeah so i was trying to remember with seasons one and two like how diegetic were things like were they remind me were they only singing songs when they were like actually physically singing them of like i'm going to sing a song now instead of like a musical spontaneously bursting into them
0: i think it was a little bit of both so like they sang like this the tercet number last year it was like they started it in the audition room but then it became this whole dance sequence like Mm. in a warehouse looking uh stage uh nini when she sang started something new though she imagined herself in the spotlight in a red dress but it was actually like the two guys with their cell phone flashlights holding the, that scene was wild. That was, yeah. The first episode was wild. It took me the second episode to really enjoy the show. I also Um,
1: remember uh, there's that one song that like she and Courtney sang in the alley together that like, again, was more so this is a musical than okay, we're just singing songs when it's appropriate.
0: Exactly. And then they also sang there was like the ensemble at prom who were jumping around like to that same, melody
1: yeah so like i think it's 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 slowly but surely and this happened with glee as well right that initially uh ryan murphy was very much no the only songs are going to take place in the glee club and like they kind of threw that out about halfway through season one it's tough to do it's a tough regimen to maintain so like i don't blame it whatsoever but to your point i thought this was fine uh you know i thought it was fun i liked all the color jumpsuits that's pretty much my only note for the song
0: yeah it was a fun dance pop number but uh, gina's had better ones in seasons past like i like the one at carlos's birthday much more last year um mm-hmm. what the name of it was i could not tell you but i like that one better yeah uh so we get gina and ricky afterwards awkwardly trying to walk up to breakfast and ricky's like uh, gina says can we start over and ricky does the whole rewind uh, motion what did you dear think of this?
1: god like th- nobody does this Just yeah. nobody in general does this it is absolutely terrible but i guess again the thing is that it's supposed to be terrible at yeah. the same time is like oh he's physically rewinding himself remind me so there was that whole thing in season two right with like the the chocolates where like you know she thought it was him and was kind of holding a candle for him and he obviously didn't have feelings for her but then also kind of did at the same time like where was that love triangle at the end of the season
0: so at the end of the season ricky and nini started having their issues with the rose song he deletes the instagram comment of mm. like she should make her own music they break up but gina and ej are really bonding at that time they go out for risotto at some point or no uh
2: <laughs> yeah they went out for risotto
1: what a weird <laughs> oh where the kids like uh they go out for a nice risotto yeah. really like a right a nice rice dish for these youths
0: <laughs> very bougie youths but i mean ej's dad did pay for him to get re-accepted into duke so he has the money
1: I suppose so, but it's odd to have just because, be like, all right, I can't wait to go out for some cordon bleu or uh, <laughs> not Corbin bleu. Like, truly, this is what screw mozzarella sticks. Uh, I want to dig into my canapes, please. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, they, they have some bougie taste uh, at East High these days. Um, but then she also had that whole episode where it was spring break and she got trapped in the airport with that other guy. Um, yeah. So she was kind of self discovering herself. Uh, throughout the back half of season two before uh, she and EJ officially date.
1: Mm -hmm. But Uh, it seems like from this, it is hinting towards, especially now that like Ricky and Nini are officially splitsville, that like now the triangle is opening back up again.
0: Yeah. I'm just so, let Ricky be single for a little bit. I'm just like, I know this is true to high school experiences, but I feel like Ricky needs to be by himself for a minute.
1: Oh, I agree. The tough thing is, it's really tough to discern who his identity is without these people. Like, that's yeah. the thing they kind of wrote themselves into, right? It's like, it's tough to define Ricky as a character without thinking about Nini or with Gina, because that's essentially, like, what he's been the entire time. The entire onus of him getting into the shows in the first place yeah. is because, like, he wanted to impress Nini. And so it's tough to say, yeah, well, let's let him be on his own. And then you're like, wait what traits does he have without him being romantically interested in somebody
0: yeah and they've tried in the past actually one of my favorite ricky subplots was when he helped carlos out last season when carlos mm. was having relationship uh, issues with seb i really like that version of ricky the most um but we'll see what they do they definitely have a gina ricky ej love triangle because even gina's giving looks at him when he's auditioning
1: yeah and also like this whole thing with val right which we'll get into of like clearly she thinks for some reason that like EJ is going to hook up with her.
0: I I was like, I really want Gina to be Elsa, but mm-hmm. I feel like she's not going to be because of Val, because Val. Yeah. We'll a- talk
1: about, about like, uh, is Val a Lily right or Is she going to like have a heart in the end of like, how evil is she really? You know, for you sure. get, you get a sense when she's like, Oh, don't worry. Like you shouldn't worry about casting. I'll take care of that. You're like, something's afoot here. She might make a grab for power.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about continuing the summer camp story and then circling back to Nini at the end? Or do you want to go just... in chronological order? Oh, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, okay. let's just
1: do that. Because, again, it's two incredibly geographically separated storylines that yeah. really do not merge together whatsoever.
0: Exactly, yeah. Nini's doing her own thing, uh, having her own the kids are all right moment.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: EJ ends up introducing him to Val. Maddox says that she's a CIT now. She's in college studying psychology because her intro to movement teacher didn't believe that she was a human.
1: Oof! yeah. That is a theater class in a nutshell. I mean, you experienced that a bit with like what happened with Nene last year, right? That- yeah people who take these things incredibly seriously will just be absolutely scathing. So Val is played by, she looks so She's familiar. in the Zombies
0: franchise. Meg- yeah, that's what I'm thinking, Donnelly? I
1: also think yeah. if, you wa- if you watch that short-lived ABC show, American Housewife, I think she was in it as well. But yeah, she's a Disney Channel kid. So it's nice yeah. to see her returning to her roots.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you aware that JoJo Siwa is going to be in this season?
1: I had read up on that. Like I'm looking at the cast list and I'm like, JoJo Siwa's is going to show up. I guess they're going to do some sort of like, i don't know some sort of like is she the
0: woman in the woods because sam was saying that he his prediction is her and maddox are going to be a thing
1: interesting well it says that she's an alum so like i don't know if there's going to be some sort of homecoming that might be happening at the camp maybe she'll come to the performance as like oh yeah all the alumni are coming out and maybe that's how jojo siwa will show up
0: yeah and maddox even mentions in the scene after uh courtney volunteers to do hair and makeup with her that she had a falling out with uh previous campers that she ran with so maybe there'll be some drama if there is a love tension storyline between Maddox and Jojo Siwa whose character's name is Madison that would make me anxious too Maddox
1: similar. and Madison that's yeah that's a little too close listen there are certainly thoughts like narcissism and same sex relationships right of like you date someone who, who who resembles yourself that's almost too much on the notes of like you have the similar name yeah. to me.
0: Have you seen the new Neil Patrick Harris show uh, Uncoupled? You have so much on your plate that you probably haven't had time. I
1: had heard about it so this is the one with him and Peter Krause from Six Feet Under right or am I thinking of something else?
0: I I think you're thinking of something else it's him okay. Tisha Campbell it's by the guy who created Sex in the City it's like uh, he gets uh, separated from his boyfriend of 17 years and has to learn how to be a gay man in New York City dating in the modern age.
1: Interesting. Um, and especially as like an older man as well. Yeah.
0: But there's a couple in his friend group called the Jonathans, two Jonathans that are married to each other.
1: Oh, that's very fun. I like that. Yeah, it's And like that's just Heathers. what it is. Yeah. The Heather, but the Heathers were with each other.
0: Exactly. Uh, Courtney. Uh, yeah. So Eja doesn't want to tell anyone. About his new directing gig. Uh, Val's the choreographer. And she's going to help him with the cast list.
1: This is just like a terrible idea. Which again textbook teenager. So I can't like fault him too much. But just like putting it off. And hoping that that will somehow eventually resolve the problem itself.
0: Exactly. You have to face it head on. But as someone who has anxiety. I can relate to the fact that you're trying to avoid. The, the feelings as long as possible. Uh, that's why. Uh, hand washing calms me down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. uh, Courtney wants to help Maddox, and then Maddox says no, but then she's about to say yes when she leaves. Uh, I don't know. That was a little... They lingered on Maddox for a second.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. So Maddox says that she is an acquired taste. So look, I I apologize greatly if, if I'm crossing any sort of lines here, and feel free to edit this out. But I personally took this as some sort of reference to her being on the spectrum. I'm not sure really? how far that is, but like that's what I'm getting this sense of of like she gets along awkwardly with people, and that might be some sort of reason why
0: I did not. I just interpreted that she she's kind of like a hard child to crack. but that is an interesting uh, analysis that I hadn't actually considered. And I would actually kind of applaud them if they tried to do that in a good way. I'm that's the, that's about a the...
1: big if, yeah, yeah, I agree. so then that, that's why I was like remiss to like, even put it out in the first place just because again i I don't want to make those suppositions because otherwise yeah it could just be as simple as like she comes across as a bit of a know-it-all like a little bit of can do everything but it turns out that she does want fred but she's also pushing them away because of it it's complicated it's teenagers but yeah maddox is just incredibly enigmatic here because she's also like the stage manager but also doing hair and makeup
0: yeah she she has a lot on her plate but i will say she's someone i'm interested in learning more about uh Jet is also someone that I, and we only have eight episodes. I hope they don't waste that much time getting there. I know you and Kevin talked a lot about the boys and how they would often surprise you with, it's a very different show, the boys. No, I mean, it's it's
1: it's quite literally the same thing. Like, uh, you know, I can't wait for the orgy that's happening in the next episode with the woman in the woods.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's definitely happening. Uh, But uh, so the boy, you said, you would talk about how the boys would surprise you with how quickly they would, get to a point that other Mm -hmm. shows would drag on and i'm worried that this season might drag until like they to the ultimate couple episodes to really blow everything up but i i kind of want them to speed it up with only a couple episodes left
1: yeah what do you think is his tragic backstory
0: like i think he's related to corbin blue in some capacity and corbin blue's making him be a part of the camp
1: Oh, that's interesting. Because the first thing I thought of, and this is not going to happen because it's so stupid, but I love it, is uh, remember, do you, did you just end up seeing the movie Trolls with Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake? I have Timberlake?
0: not seen that one, but I know I know the movie pretty well. So
1: I will spoil things a bit. Apologies to people <laughs> out all there. good. So Justin Timberlake's character is like a big sad sack stick in the mud because, quote, singing killed my grandma. Uh, That when he was a little kid, he was singing so loudly that one of the Bergens came and ate his grandmother and killed her. Uh, And so, like, for some reason, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, I can't sing. Sing Singing killed my grandmother. They would obviously not go there. But he almost came across with that attitude, right? Of like, I can sing, but I can. I'm not allowed.
0: Yeah. Maybe he's also like, that story reminds me of Coco and how singing killed the family yeah uh, the, maybe maybe the,
1: that's the thing maybe like he does have a, a family history involved I it took me this long to realize that the camp counselor is freaking uh I, I said jason muse but that's not his jason name. earls jason earls yeah aka like uh, the 30 year old man that was playing hannah montana's brother
0: yep uh he looks very different now obviously he's much older but it, he kind of looks a little like Pat oswald to me in this role
1: he very much looked like Pat Oswald the first time that I saw him. I mean, the hair is also significantly different. We're like, EJ almost now has the hair that Jackson had in yeah. Canada, Montana that everyone had that sort of like long... The Sprouse width, twins 20. had it too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But he has now done for like the more clean-cut thing. Because I was wondering, I was just like, who's this random Jamoke? And he's another person that they just had on the Disney Rolodex of, yeah, we're going to bring you back and do this. I wonder yeah. how old he is, actually. He's like
0: 45. Yeah, Maybe- so when he was...
1: When he was yeah, doing I Hannah Montana, he's... he was, like, in his, like, my age when he was doing Hannah Montana.
0: For sure, yeah. I, I He's in his 40s. I might have slightly aged him above his age, but he's older than 40 for
3: sure.
1: Yeah, so he ends up, like, actually being typecast right now yeah. for a good part. And he yeah. very much seems like, like, he's a little Mr. Mazzara adjacent, right? And that, like, he is the stick in the mud with a heart of gold. Uh, that, like, I'm glad from, even from the first episode, he wasn't presented as, like, Oh, this guy is no fun and he's gonna try to ruin everything. Like, he's just very in over his head, uh, which I'm glad again we're repeating from not from the Mazara stuff in season one where he's like, I must sabotage them because I don't like the arts.
0: Yeah. uh, Camp Shallow Lake also feels kind of like a very diverse camp in terms of the activities you can do. And I feel like they have a couple musical theater kids and yeah that's it's, the... it's
1: yeah it's interesting right because when they talked about that in the first days, like i'd assumed it was something like uh stage door or interlock which are like some of these big yeah. arts focused camps but it's much more to your point like a typical summer camp that happens to do a musical
0: exactly yeah it doesn't feel very and he was even like the director was here for 40 years and he went to alaska everyone else is doing sports stuff so mm. uh we get uh Everyone go Ricky walks in with his winter coat. They have the audition. Uh, what
1: is this man doing? Like there's a difference between not being very well experienced and just like like giving five more seconds of thought to what you're trying to do of like yeah, when you dress up for an audition, it doesn't mean wear a ski outfit. Which where did he even get that? Because I don't think he had I guess well it I guess he was Utah, to, I guess so. Yeah, they were supposed to he was supposed to go skiing, right, with Lily's family. Yeah. So he was just able to fit a square peg into a round hole.
0: True, yeah. I, I'm still confused how he got that car.
1: I'm yeah, I'm, like that orange bug. I'm confused as to like how he got enrolled in this suburb camp. Did he just show up in true Ricky style and was like, Yeah, I'm here now. I'm d- yeah. you're gonna
0: enroll me. This is a show that I can't give too many plot hold thoughts about because mm-hmm. season 2 especially and I like to give them the benefit of the doubt that covid was going on and they were trying to adjust probably other storylines they add but this season I feel like just a couple more days in the writers room would have been helpful to like <laughs> iron out some plot details
1: again much like Ricky just g- write something down give it a thought of like does this make sense and then maybe stop moving forward with the writing equivalent of the 80s ski jumper
0: yeah uh, Jet plays some video games. Uh, he gets Ricky gets the cold shoulder from him. Gina inspires two eighth graders to start competing against each other.
1: Yeah. So, like, what did you make of the whole Gina 1.0? Like, would you call this a character regression? Is it just more so that she feels super competitive and so she has to default back to this?
0: I feel like it might be she feels more pressure because it's going to be televised and she wants mm. her career to take off, but. After learning more about her family, I'm like, use nepotism to your advantage, Gina.
1: Yeah, like, listen, reach out to Jordan Fisher and be like, get me a contract, bro. Like, come on, listen. The, you can only get your hands so clean in the entertainment industry.
0: Exactly, right? You understand? Uh, we,
1: I, I was very fascinated by how these two eighth graders
0: knew who she was.
1: Yes, She's so they not said a they, they camper. Yeah, they they said they followed her TikToks, but I would say more oh. so, like, did they accidentally misuse lines from a Nini scene? Because, like, Nini was the one, right, that was, like, really breaking big on the internet. It feels like Gina was not necessarily being regarded as, like, the popular one.
0: Yeah, who was Gina last year in the play? Was she the... The, the feather, the feather, feather duster? duster. Okay. Yeah, so she wasn't even in an interesting enough role of case there was like a TikTok sort of promotional, maybe they recognize her from that whole song and dance number that they put uh, on, did on zoom together and they put online.
1: Yeah. I wonder like clearly we're planting a seed with these eighth graders, right? Like this poor freaking girl gets so diminished uh, because she thinks she's supposed to compete against her friend that we get in the auditions. Like, do you think we're going to keep getting storylines with them? Gina's going to breed little hers here.
0: I hope we get storylines. I don't want them to set this up and not at least somewhat follow through. It doesn't have to be every episode, but every couple of episodes could be checking in with these two. I also like them in terms of I thought they had unique style and brought a different flavor to the show.
1: Do you get a sense as to, like, do you think they looked age-appropriate for 8th graders? Do you think they looked too young, too old? I feel like they look
0: like, 7th, 8th graders. Yeah, I think okay. they... Maybe maybe uh, one of them maybe could have been ninth grade, but they looked... The one who looked so sad definitely definitely looked middle school.
1: Yeah, yeah. The sadness is truly associated with middle school. She felt yeah. appropriate
0: there. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> um, we get our uh, eighth graders to be competitive. Val offers to cast, and Ricky shows up late. Uh, we get Dewey pop by the cabin and tells Jet to swim or go to musical theater. And I love the line that he was uh, allergic to chlorine, and Dewey's like, well, that's exposure therapy. Not the same thing, but as, as someone who has done a lot of exposure therapy in my past, I'm like, oh, I, I representation, sort of.
1: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Nothing like Kenna Montana's brother to, like, advise people from a, a mental health perspective.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, is he the camp therapist, I guess, if he's the director?
1: It seems like he has to do everything. Like, we don't see any other adults at this camp.
0: He has a walkie talkie telling people to check the cabin in 10 minutes. So,
1: yeah, but I don't know. This might be like a nanny from Muppet Baby situation where it's like just him and maybe one other person.
0: They got, yeah, they have two counselors on the whole, not the lot. What's it called? The cabin. The camp cabin, family. exactly. Yeah. Um, we get our audition sequence uh, for the first time in forever, mashed up with Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Now, this is a mashup as opposed to what they did last week with Start the Party.
1: Yeah, which was a a little odd of just like, oh, we're putting on different tracks, but we're mainly singing the same song. This was good. I think this ended up meshing out really well. I think this actually worked a lot better than last year when it was, okay, we're all doing a group audition by singing Bell, uh, to have this be again back to more of the audition setting and then just mashing together everyone's auditions, I think was was really good. And I think I mean nearly everyone except for the kid that was supposed to be frightened beyond all belief and pee on the floor did really well.
0: For sure, yeah. And I I like the little I don't like that they Story-wise, auditions together don't make much sense. It's like usually one at a time or you're all in the line. But I did like how for that one scene, they had the two girls being like, okay, Anna, bye. Okay, bye.
1: Yeah, I think maybe sometimes with that, they might like, this is more of a callback thing, but like they would want to see certain people together. And it also might be a thing of like, well, you're the two youngest people here, so you're probably going to be playing younger Anna and Elsa, even though that they sing, what, maybe 30 seconds of an entire two-hour long show.
0: Definitely, and then maybe they could be some of the trolls or someone in the ensemble. They'll definitely yeah. They could be
1: the the one that goes by the way I don't see no ring. The little baby troll with the cute yeah. voice.
0: Yeah, I hope I. I they're definitely going to be young Elsin Anna. Um, I and... mean, there's
1: no other choices.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sven. Sven is still on the table for it someone. Could be,
1: they could they could be two part, parts of the Sven costume, yeah. like or the they could do costume. what's the trench coat thing
0: where they yeah like two... the
1: like Vincent adult man. Uh, yeah, where one will sit that. on the other shoulders.
0: They could do that as uh, one of the characters. Maybe Olaf. They could both <laughs> like trade off Yeah, Olaf. who do you
1: think? Do you think, like, Carlos is going to be Olaf?
0: I don't know what Carlos is going to be. I feel like Carlos is set up to be the villain of the season, and I'm excited.
1: Well, yeah, we'll talk about the ending, that, like, he crossed something out. I feel like he was initially cast as Olaf because, or he might be end up being Olaf, because it's very much Lumiere to me of, like, yeah. comic relief sidekick character, which Carlos seems to be.
0: I mean, Big Red is perfect for Olaf. Or Seb, either one of them. Like, and there's... look at them, they're gone. Yeah. Um, so we get the auditions, and then here's some Marvin Nini stuff. We'll get back to that. Uh, EJ doesn't have scripts printed out, so Maddox encourages him to do uh, verbal line readings of the
1: song. Oh, this was so... I'm glad we cut away from it after a while, because like to have Courtney try to sincerely speak the lyrics... It's just, I don't know. I, I think it hits too close to home for me, yeah. right? Of like the acting, this song of like, pretend it's like a monologue and like really feel how you would do it. Like it it just, it, it really hits me in like a, a space that reverberates me back, you know, almost 10 years. So yeah. I, I like got a little bit of goose pimples when it ended up happening. It was a good cover, but I, I guess it's better than nothing, but still tough to be like, all right, for this acting uh, exercise, please act out the rhyming lyrics. Make it Shakespeare.
0: For sure. And I definitely noticed that they were highlighting Courtney here. And I was like, at this moment, thinking it was intentional and they're setting her up to get a big role because I hope she gets Anna based on everything we've gotten so far. I think she would be a fun Anna. And I've been waiting for Courtney to get a big role. I mean, she was Mrs. Potts, I guess, but.
1: Yeah, she got to sing the uh, you know titular being and the Beast song. I'm going to imagine so because one of the final things we get in that montage, right, is like her pinning on that inspirational quote on her vision board. Like, yeah, I think she's gonna be the Ashlyn this season, right? Where it was so surprising for her to get bell last year. Like, Courtney will have her moment now because she can. She doesn't have to be backstage helping with everyone's hair and makeup. Now it's a new setting. She can be front and center.
0: Definitely. Uh, and I wonder what Ashton's going to, I feel like there might be tension because I hope Ashton doesn't get Elsa because I want to see some of the other non East high kids and learn a little bit about them. If we're going to, there was that, there were two other kids in the auditions that I kind of want to learn more about as well, but we probably won't find out anything about them.
1: Well, I'm trying to find out yet. Yeah, Cause I'm pretty sure the only main cast members added were Maddox and Jet. So like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like outside of the eighth graders, it doesn't really seem like we're focusing on other.
0: Characters. Let's have some more uh, gender bending in this in this camp. Let's like, yeah, let's have... who
1: knows? We'll see how we'll see how how uh, woke Val is. You know, if Jet get could like, be Elsa. Yeah, if it could be like same sex uh, Elsa or I mean, Anna and and Kristoff, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see that. So they in the middle of Courtney reading the dialogue for "Let It Go," Jet stumbles in. Uh, I still am confused how he had the Nintendo Switch after. Um, so Dewey is that Pop the one.
1: Nintendo Switch, like, or did they did they try to cover it up best that they could? But it probably is definitely the. Nintendo It's a Nintendo Switch,
0: Switch but it might be like the pair a pair of products instead of the Apple products
1: of her. ICarly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, it's he stumbles in, sings a song really freaking well, and then just leaves. Like, yeah, yeah. I did my thing. I did my I checked my box. Now let me go back and do what I want.
0: I really like his voice. Uh, the yeah. Scene, he's such a great singer. And like I would listen to his album. Like, I think there's some artists that I'm like, Skylar Aston is the one that comes to mind. Just sing a cover album, like make an album of covers. And I would listen to Jet sing, the guy who plays Jet sing all these songs.
1: Yeah, Adrian Lyles. Yeah, like he has so much tenderness in his yeah. voice. It's really well done. I think he's going to get Kristoff. Like, I think it's going to be this thing of like, it's almost, again, Little Ricky, right, of him being like, I don't want to do this, but I guess I'm going to. Now I have to be this romantic lead. Maybe if Courtney is Anna, like, will that lead to a possible pairing between them?
0: Yeah. I was hoping that Jet would be Hans. Or, well, does Kristoff sing in this one, or do you think they'll add the Frozen 2 song? For They
1: might add a, then they're lost in the woods. I mean, they yeah. called this one, right, like, Into the Unknown. So I think yeah. they are going to bring some frozen two stuff into it because otherwise he just has the, the little like random ditty that he sings
0: and i i'm waiting for more camp rock songs uh
1: i yeah so, so what was the camp rock stuff because i think people initially thought it was supposed to be camp rock but then it was frozen are they bringing camp rock into this they,
0: they're singing it's song for sure that was the only song they released before the season started uh and it's for color war themed episodes so uh
1: which is coming i think in like a few weeks since yeah that's episode really... six
0: So uh, and then they had start the party, quote unquote. um, But Mm. uh, do you think Arissa Cox will show up as a cameo?
1: I mean, I would love that. I think she's a little too big of a get nowadays. Maybe if she wasn't a producer on Big Brother Canada, now she doesn't have any time for this type of ish.
0: For sure, yeah. Uh, Queen uh, Georgina, I forget her last name on the show, but it's Arissa Cox on the movie. It's Arissa Cox. We don't even
1: need her character name. She'll just go by her name, Arissa Cox,
0: for a different definitely uh so uh we get uh Maddox and Val uh they do the dramatic reading I liked how Ashlyn went and supported him on the piano that was like a kind gesture um a little character moment for her
1: and I like that I feel like we didn't get a lot of that in season two because again like Ashlyn was the leading role but fun for her to to be in that place uh and yeah it seemed like there was a lot of support for him like we haven't really gotten a lot of jealousy or anything mainly because again this guy's doing all this against his will
0: Definitely, and I was really, I'm really hopeful that we get some more Ashlyn development. Obviously, we had that first moment in the first episode where she's like writing a letter to Big Red, and Maddox is like, "Ha, that's gonna last." But even Big Red and Ashlyn, despite the fact that I like both characters, it very much feels like they're dating each other because they go to the same high school. But then when they their paths diverge, they won't really like stay in Mm. touch much. I don't know. That's the sense I get. Uh, When
1: um when did this film? Do you know?
0: I can find out.
1: Because I also do wonder, like, obviously she was doing all the Into the Woods stuff this year. Did that sort of conflict it at all? I know she is is in the main cast for the season. So this but... one,
0: January to April of this year.
1: Okay, that doesn't cross over because Into the Woods was initially like a city center thing, so it was probably only about like a month or so of rehearsal because I thought for a second like maybe they'd put her in a bit of a smaller role in terms of Frozen because she might have more stuff to do jetting on and off set, but it seems like she was booked and blessed.
0: Yeah, get your paycheck. Uh, So Carlos asks, Ricky thinks Jet is little Ricky. I'm like, okay, that's a little full of yourself, Richard. Uh, Carlos asks if, val needs help posting the cast list which is a wild request i know he just wants to see the cast list but
1: oh yeah it's it's incredibly transparent and this is also coming from a guy who like clearly i love carlos but he clearly has like uh power issues right yeah. like even last season yeah uh, last season when it was him and gina like as a so- like co-choreographers like there was a lot of tension there and this is the first time that he's not like in a privileged position at the right hand of the director to have access to that information. And you could tell he's spiraling a bit.
0: For sure. Uh, we, uh, Gina offers EJ to break up for the summer because she doesn't want to add another thing to the plate. Uh, and I, I, part of me is like, okay, but is this because Ricky's in the picture now? I don't know. I don't want all this stuff that I was excited for Gina to have to be self-sabotaged.
1: I know it sucks that like she is so and I guess this is her uh, her entire character right is like super rough tough standoffish on the outside but like totally soft on the inside and it felt like this was her really showing her inefficiencies and like her vulnerabilities of being like "Uh, I'm in this relationship first boyfriend but like it's all gone wrong he's lusting after this other girl and EJ is like hold on nothing's happened yet let's just stay like six feet apart maybe at rehearsals and that's it
0: for sure and i i'm glad that they're still together but we'll see what happens obviously they're setting Mm -hmm. things up uh for the other side of it to be combusted uh and then we go to the nini storyline and she sings a song but in the montage we get uh val struggling with the cast list uh the uh ricky leaves jet a note and jet throws it out ej hits ricky with the pillow
1: he freaking decks ej with a pillow like was yes. that thing filled with bricks or something
0: it possibly it could be a styrofoam They who knows what i that don't like ej is.
1: had like a big recoil to that that is not just feathers my friend it,
0: it seems painful but uh hopefully that was just a one take and they got it in one so that he didn't have to do it multiple times uh but you mentioned courtney with the with the cork board and the Manifesting good vibes. Yeah. Stuff.
1: Also, there was a whole ass swing in their cabin. What the hell is that?
0: No. Yeah. I forgot. I noticed that. And also, Ashton brought herself the whole rose.
1: Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. And also, like, you you could have filled so many other things in your suitcase to take like this prop from your high school musical. It's incredibly important to her, understandably so. But a little odd to bring that chunky of a thing with you.
0: I I overpack. But I will not bring something unnecessary like
1: that. Yeah, especially because, again, like, the way camps are set out, right, is, like, fairly open flooring. There's a chance things might get taken in the middle of the night, especially if they're brought to altars. Also,
0: I, this might just be because of my OCD, but I wouldn't want anything I cherish to get dirty and gross at the summer camp environment.
1: Yeah, well, at least that's why it's in its little cage, right? Yeah. To not actually touch the rose itself.
0: yeah. Um, but, uh, the girls are speculating that Maddox has ulterior motives. And then we see her making a shrine with some Twizzlers in the forest. Uh, yeah. what do you think? I, this is not a show like Lost where you can speculate what's going to happen each week, but what do you think is going to happen?
1: I would imagine it is something where there's this like urban legend about a ghost that lives out in the middle of the woods. I don't know why Twizzlers would be the sacrificial thing to make unless this is like a kid who died, uh, which is a little dark again for Disney. But I have to imagine this is what it's for. Because Maddox is sort of like the keeper of the keys when it comes to things around camp, right?
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh, my only other theory is that each episode might be like a different summer camp tradition if they do like the haunted walkway sort of thing.
1: Right, exactly. This the might be, ghost like story. she's getting
0: up for it, who knows? Uh, cause they're doing color wars already. Uh, and then we get Carlos saying, Oh, not on my watch. He crosses it out. Uh, something on the cast list. We don't see it, but I'm like, Carlos, you know, she's going to see it in the morning. She'll just write it back on.
1: Right. This isn't like Ricky accidentally deleting the comment. Like it can get traced back to somebody probably to the guy who's like, Oh, you got the cast list. They're like, you are suspect number one. She's and not going like to be like, Oh right. I forgot role. I crossed something out. <laughs>
0: I feel like he had to have changed his own role, not, like, someone else's role.
1: If it was Seb, maybe he would make the change, but, like, to be honest, while he's friends with these people, I don't know if he cares about them enough to, like, change their own role.
0: For sure. What role do you think he got, and what role do you think he wanted?
1: I wonder if he was... Maybe he was, like, cast as Hans or something, and he's like, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. That's not me. I'm not evil. Or it could be Sven. Like, he could have been in that position of, like, I'm better than that. Uh, I deserve he, to be the spotlight.
0: Do you think he self-sabotaged and he could have had another role if he wasn't so weird about the cast list and Val was like, okay, I don't like your vibes. I'm moving you yeah, down. Yeah,
1: because I mean, remember she was still writing stuff out when he approached her. So it really is like, you know, uh, last thing that you can think of. That's why you always advise to be nice to the people who cast you because if they ha- you're at their mercy.
0: Yeah. Uh, quickly, we can talk about the Nini storyline. So Nini and her moms go visit their t- 18, 20-year... college reunion.
1: Uh, uh, 20-year high school reunion, right? Because they say you don't look a day over 18, that type of stuff.
0: This is the first time we've seen Nini's other mom. Uh, We had seen her... I thought
1: thought both were in the first season.
0: Maybe. I know her grandma and the first mom was there, but I didn't recognize the Oh, and yeah, because I know, like,
1: Nicole Sullivan was there, and the grandma, to your point, maybe the other one wasn't there.
0: Oh, see, I didn't recognize Nicole Sullivan, so maybe she was there, yeah. Uh, She might have been season one, but... Regardless, it's been a minute since we've seen her moms, and they tell her that their friend Marvin is the sperm donor that they had for Nini, and they have this awkward conversation about their favorite color, green is not black, uh, and they're both, uh, what was the line he said, they are both uh, visible to the human eye or something? Yeah,
1: yeah that's what they have in common. Uh, are, are you a fan of Jesse Tyler Ferguson?
0: I enjoyed him on Modern Family. I really haven't encountered him in a ton of other things, but I felt like the role was a little awkward. Maybe that's why they were they were going for, but uh, it felt different than what I'm used to from him.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, actually, we should mention recent Tony Award winner Jesse Tyler yes. Ferguson. Uh, but yeah, the thing that I actually know him for again is from theater. Uh, He's the original Leaf Coney Bear in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. So again, he comes from musical theater. He could sing if they wanted him to. I thought he was good in this role, right? Of like the awkward, but also grounded. And Jesse Tyler Ferguson uh, does that well. Where again, on Modern Family, he plays neurotic very, very well. Here, he does it in a bit of a way in the purposely awkward dialogue, but then is able to then summarily like transition easily to, yeah, I know this is awkward. Let me give you some advice uh, and be like a generally okay person.
0: Yeah, and I did like seeing him and Olivia Rodrigo bounce off each other and Mm -hmm. when nini took control of the conversation especially like talking about uh dinner for breakfast or breakfast for dinner and i want to know your answer
1: i would probably honestly say dinner for breakfast i am much more of a savory person than a sweet person especially when it comes to like my breakfast and so i would not necessarily be into like pancakes for dinner for me it just feels like too much to have late at night as opposed to like I'd rather have, you know, a burger in the morning than pancakes at night.
0: Likewise, if I had a choice, but for me, it's also kind of porque novos dos.
1: Yeah, why not yeah. lunch all the time?
0: Exactly. I love lunch. Uh, lunch is probably my favorite. It depends on the day, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It depends on the meal and the time of day and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah, like if it's a sandwich, the then lunch. probably
0: re- sandwich versus like a pasta dish, then I'm going to prefer the pasta dish. But right, depends when I'm having that dish. Uh, and then, so yeah, they. Um, Marvin reveals that they were in a band called The University Clowns and were big in the LA music scene. Almost performed at the first Coachella.
1: Yeah, and they like had what like one song that got a good amount of radio play. So I guess it really is in her blood this idea of songwriting. So it's not exactly on the level of Jordan Fisher as my brother, but like still she's got some roots.
0: Uh for sure, yeah. Were you in any college bands or high school Ooh,
1: uh, i so i can play or at least i could i don't really know anymore i could play piano and i feel like outside of like a benfolds five like there really isn't especially back in those days when high school musical movies were being released like there wasn't really a band at the time that would be that into keyboards to put me i was much more into the using my voice as an instrument the acapella of it all
0: Ooh, were you in an acapella group oh yeah <laughs>
1: For three years uh in college very much into the acapella scene uh i was also like university clowns uh, i was a clown in my university and also uh you can hear my voice on the cds that are out there in the ether that were released to to apple music at certain points in time
0: yeah no uh i watched pitch perfect again in january and then all of a sudden i fell back into like an acapella cd spot a lot of them are on spotify i'm like let me go listen to like some of the some of the best ones that I used to listen to a lot in high school, because I am not the best singer, but I appreciate good acapella.
1: I appreciate the art of acapella.
0: (laughs) Most definitely I do. Uh, And then she sings a song when they go to the reunion, and um, it's called You Never Know, which was different than most Olivia Rodrigo songs, but it has the Arad style, I feel. Yeah,
1: definitely has that, like, driving thing, right? Uh, But she... So she just happened, was there just happened to be a guitar there on the patio for her to pick up? I guess uh, Marvin is still noodling around despite the fact that the University of Clowns are DOA.
0: He he seems to be, or she just brings a guitar and a ukulele everywhere she goes.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure like wasn't the whole thing from last episode, right? It was like Jordan Fisher gave her the assignment to like write one song a day or whatever. So like she may honestly be bringing her work with her. <laughs>
0: Uh, she better uh, because i like these songs that's the thing that i'm gonna miss the most when she's off the show this season is like her original songs because i have always been a fan of like her style and uh one of my favorite songs last season was the facetime valentine's day song that Mm. she and joshua joshua bassett sang to each other that was kind of like two songs in one
1: yeah i remember that i like that
0: yeah but that is our episode we don't really have much to like theorize where nini's going i guess so, this isn't, yeah this isn't... i think
1: i think it's just a matter of like i don't know do you think she's hanging out in la for the foreseeable future do you think she's gonna is, do you think the, the mom road trip is gonna continue
0: i think they're just gonna be bouncing around in la visiting their mom's old friends maybe uh, she'll have one episode where she meets a jordan fisher uh, yeah she'll probably okay, I,
1: I imagine a bit of a check-in right of like so how are things going
0: yeah I assume if next episode's her last episode, she'll be back in the finale in some capacity.
1: Yeah, I would imagine that, too. It's sort of like, okay, and maybe they finish off her little mini-arc next episode. It, it, and I don't know if you've
0: noticed in the credits, she's a special guest star, Olivia. Oh, right? I did
1: not notice that. I still thought yeah. she was part of the main cast.
0: No, she's a special guest star. Uh, main cast, uh, yeah. they. Kate Reindeers was also guest star last episode.
1: Interesting, interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah. So do we want to get into some of our segments real quickly? Uh, Let's segment it in. out. Let me see how this share screen works, because sometimes it gives us issues. Window Chrome tab. Nope, that did not work. Uh, do you have someone off the top of your head that you're thinking about uh, for MVPs and LVP? One for each. We're not yeah. as ambitious as you and Josh.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, this is tough. So MVP, I might give MVP to Jet just because I was so incredibly impressed with him, kind of breezing in and uh, you know being able to to just sing his ass off, and then almost even more for like then <laughs> just completely. Like leaving, you know, just be like, ah, screw it. I'm gonna go back and play video games. Like, I admire that audacity of don't give an F. And so, I I think I'm gonna have to give it to Jet here.
0: Okay. And then, uh, I, who do I want to give my MVP to? I want to give it to Courtney. I feel like I was close to giving her one last week for comedic reasons. Uh, but I feel like this was a good episode for her. Uh, hopefully it's the beginning of an arc. Jet was someone I considered, uh, but I had no real other people that I thought about giving it to. Uh, Alex and Emmy are the two girls, right?
1: I don't know. Okay. Uh, yes, sure.
0: I have a whole list of past characters, but I need to fill it out with the current characters. But mm-hmm. uh, Do you have uh, LVP ready, or should I go?
1: Um, why don't you go first?
0: Okay, I'm gonna give it to uh, Carlos. I feel like he's putting his hands in too many cookie jars. He's gonna get caught, and he's self-sabotaging himself, and in a very transparent way. He was the one who, like, probably bothered me the most in this episode.
1: Yeah, I think Carlos is a good one. I think, oh yeah, Carlos is good. I'm honestly between Carlos and Gina, because I think that Gina did not do some great stuff. I do not think the decision to, like, hey, girls, pit yourselves against each other is a really good thing to suggest uh, in general to people, but especially to, like, these young, impressionable people. And I do think a lot of that talk about her defaulting back to Gina 1.0 is, like, meant to show that that's not a good thing. So it sucks. I think I'm going to give it to Gina.
0: Okay. Gina getting on the board. If it was season two, she would have been cleaning up on those MVP points, but not this year. Um, At least not
1: yet. She has some time to turn around.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite Frozen character? I want to ask all the guests this season that
1: favorite frozen character i really liked hans uh i think it it's uh it was you know he was voiced by uh now i am losing his name uh the guy who won the tony for Tootsie from crazy ex-girlfriend santino fontana uh and so i love santino fontana so like i love that song i love love is an open door so it's almost like i love the stuff that's associated with uh, with his character in Frozen, more so than the actual character, though I do think he did a fun heel turn at the end of the movie that I certainly did not expect. So I think I'm gonna have to go Hans here.
0: Nice. And do you have a favorite Frozen song as well, or?
1: Oh, it, I really did like "Love Is an Open Door." I thought it was funny, uh, and I thought it was well sung between him and and Anna. So yeah, with him and Kristen Bell, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I think that was the first time in the movie that I found myself like legitimately impressed. Uh, and like really enjoying the movie for what it was back when we saw it in 2013. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to the, I'm trying to think if I have a favorite song. I like the. I like
0: the 80s song from the 80s rock song that Chris Dawson. Yeah. Lost, it's season.
1: very fun. It fits in, does not fit in whatsoever with frozen 2. but like objectively it is a very fun song to listen to.
0: Okay. Uh, so in terms of the, the songs, uh, how would you grade balance? okay so this
1: yeah so so the tiers are i want it all which is like uh a. awesome top tier yeah. fabulous which is like pretty good bet on it which is mid as the writers would say the kids are saying stick to the <laughs> status quo which is below average and walk away which is just like forget it
0: yeah we might work shop uh these tier titles but for now i just themed it after that yeah yeah,
1: had to frozen theme it now i the would camp
0: rock ones were easier uh fire rewalk Start the party, two stars, and then tear it down.
1: I would say it. It might be bet on it for me, just because it's like fine. And so, if that's the fine tier, I'd say probably it goes there.
0: Yeah, for me, it's also kind of like the fine. I think the Joshua Bassett song was in that same tier last week, uh, in like a slightly above tier. And I yeah, feel like yeah, they're it's like I'm the gonna go
1: get one. in this car that I don't own.
0: Yeah, uh, and then. uh, for the first time in forever, do you want to build a snowman mashup?
1: I put it in in fabulous. I put it in like the uh, the the. T- it's definitely better than balance. Uh, I thought it was a good mashup again. Unlike what they did last year, it's a fun song to sing, and I think the people that were singing it did reasonably well in it across the board.
0: Yeah, there were only a couple parts in the Bell one last year that I really loved, like Olivia Rose Keener. Is that her name? Uh, the one who Lily. plays Lily. I loved her part in it, but everyone else was kind of not super exciting to listen to besides her but this one i agree with you it's in that fabulous tier um and then what about jet's version of the song
1: the, i might be enamored but like give me the green i might put this in the top tier
0: i i will as well so no it's a, no it's a really freaking mean.
1: good cover like it's a really good cover that's why i'm hoping he gets like some form of again i know christoph doesn't really sing but like gets a leading role for an understandable reason of like doing the anti ricky right of like lame audition but big role versus really great audition and small role i hope he's able to actually get a part that is worthy of the performance he gave
0: yeah um well who knows they could musical theater rules of real life don't apply in this universe uh miss jen had uh nini write a song that is not allowed in musical theater right um but who knows? Maybe they'll write some songs for him, or just put a Camp Rock song for him there. Um, but I yeah, maybe he could be like
1: the one Camp Rock character in Frozen of like, oh <laughs> no, where are you from?
0: I'm Joe Jonas. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. He had they put like two other prosthetic heads on his shoulders to represent all the Jonas Brothers.
0: Yeah, um, and then lastly, uh, I don't know if you agree with me, but I'm definitely putting "You Never Know" in the top tier. But uh, I really enjoyed that song. Maybe it will get old for me rather quickly, but. When I was watching, I was like, this is very pretty. I really like this.
1: Yeah, I definitely would put it by proxy in the top tier because I liked it better than the medley. Uh, I was not like as enamored by it as you were. I think I think Jet's song was still the, the my favorite song of the episode. But it was a very strong song. And I do think it's almost like radio worthy as well if Olivia Rodrigo decides to take it outside of Radio Disney.
0: Definitely. And I... I... I feel like at the end of the season, I might readdress some of these song rankings. And if you have changes to yours, <laughs>
1: I'll DM Mike. you if I'm like, ah, screw it all. I hated you. Never know. Send it to the bottom. I slept on it.
0: Uh yeah, definitely allowed on my end. Uh, but Mike, we are coming to the end of our podcast. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode or do you want to start getting into the plugs of it all?
1: No, I mean, I think it's been an interesting season so far. I like the change of setting and has made it feel a little less samey same like we experienced with season two. Again, I'm saddened that we pruned down the cast mainly, but I can understand uh, these people are having their careers expanding. And for whatever it is, I'm excited to see whatever happens next with this kooky group of people and the ghost that happens to be craving their flesh that exists outside of the forest there.
0: Yeah. Um. I just got breaking news. Uh. Sam says that he would give Gina the MVP this episode. Uh, Whoa! Because he says that, for someone in her position, she's handling a lot better than most high schools. Like, with the jealousy part of, like, Val and uh, Maddox. I don't know if I agree with that. We'll have a discussion <laughs> next week, Sam.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't want to necessarily measure her against the metrics of other high schoolers. But again, like, the, yeah. the bar is... I wouldn't even say the bar is set. The bar is like all over the place. There's one piece of the bars over here, over there, but the way they write these yeah. high schoolers in the show. And he
0: sent me his list of uh, MVPs and songs, but I'm going to let him talk about it all. I'll give him- like... Let
1: him put words in his own mouth.
0: Exactly. Uh, but Mike, I mean, I know you have a lot going on, but let us have oh, everyone know what's up these days.
1: What's up? A lot is up at the moment. Uh, So if you're a reality TV fan, I'm doing a lot of exit press. Uh, I, I'm an entertainment journalist for Parade.com, where I'm talking to people Recently who are Recently
0: verified entertainment journalist.
1: Recently verified. Look at that blue check mark. I can't wait for... Nope, I'm not going to say I can't wait for 8th graders to approach me and talk about <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that's nope. that's that's very miss Jen of you
1: no no more like mr schuster that okay, is really truly going too far uh but uh, you can check out exit press i do for big brother for the challenge usa gonna be doing some survivor stuff as well obviously when that comes back in a little less than two months uh, i occasionally appear on various podcasts on rob has a podcast as well before we settle into the main gigs with the amazing race and survivor this fall Posture recap is where it's at at the moment it is where it's at all the time but at least with the stuff i'm doing Josh Regler and I are finally finishing a three-year journey of talking through Lost. We did all the episodes. Now we are counting down the episodes due to a rating system that we gave to each episode. We are doing the final episode, counting down the top 10 episodes of Lost next week, which is incredibly, or sorry, the week after, which should be incredibly exciting. I'm covering Westworld as well with Josh and Joe Garfine, uh, which is wrapping up its last couple episodes maybe ever it's recently announced i'm going to be doing coverage of house of the dragon uh which is airing uh not brazilian dragon but i'm sure it's still in the family uh on august 21st on hbo very excited for that i'm doing coverage of lord of the rings the rings of power uh for show recapped as well so lots of things happening out there on the podcast world thank you so much for having me on uh you know i watch a lot of shows that uh, i do not get to talk about and so i always like jump at the opportunity to say Hey, you watch this random show. Come onto a microphone and blather about it for an hour and a half. So I'm, I'm very grateful to be extended the offer.
0: I'm super grateful that you decided to do this. Like, honestly, it's like such a treat. And I've been listening to you for over eight years, if not more. Oh, like, I plays, remember...
1: my wrinkles are showing now. Well,
0: you were probably like around my age or a little younger when you started, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was about 24 or so. When okay, yeah. So
0: country. I just turned 25. So, uh, perfect. Uh, like I remember where I was I was at listening to you And Rob talk about San Juan del Sur The Prisoner Dilemma Part mm-hmm. of uh, Exile Island that season uh, And I remember Exactly which porch I was on When wow. I, I was like I like this Mike Bloom guy I hope he does more stuff And I got what I wanted <laughs>
1: <laughs> And and maybe even more so Be yes. careful what you wish for
0: <laughs> Exactly uh, Do you have anything pop culture That you don't get to talk about Like on podcasts But you think people should check out
1: Ooh, that is a good question. I can let you um, think
0: on it while I do my regular plugs first. Yeah, you, you do that,
1: moment. and I'll, I'll certainly think on, on an answer for that.
0: Okay, so uh, you can follow the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network at Brazil Dragon Pod. I retweet everything, post everything there. My main is at What the fleet. Uh, it's just a lot of retweeting of uh, the podcast, and then Hollywood news that disappoints me. That's what I'm tweeting about mostly these days. So, uh, but if you're so inclined, you can follow me there. All social media is at Brazil Dragon Pod. Uh, we're gonna keep doing High School Musical, the musical, the series. Plus, Autumn, once she's back from vacation, we'll get back together for some more Total Drama Island podcasting. We're rounding the corner on season one. That is a wild show. I forgot all about the shenanigans that Chris McLean, the worst reality TV host out there, makes them do. Oh, uh, uh,
1: why do you say that when Julie Chen Moonves exists? I remember when I got my wisdom teeth out in 2011 like there was one afternoon where i was watching cartoon network and i just watched a bunch of total drama island and i didn't watch it before despite being such a devout survivor fan. like what the hell
0: is this it's wild i'm personally super excited for action and world tour when we get there on the podcast series because that was my bread and butter growing up
1: and world tour i believe is a a musical right like every time they they stopped uh so to answer your question before it's linked to, uh, you know, the character of Ashlyn, considering that uh, what's-her-name is in it right now, uh, Julia Lester. I would say Into the Woods uh, in general. It's my favorite musical of all time. I've I've had the opportunity to talk about some musical theater, but not that. If you have the the means and ways to do so, it recently got extended. It's run in Broadway. Otherwise, there is an original Broadway cast of video recording out there, which is excellent. There's the movie which is not so excellent by Disney, but is still, like, okay. And there are many, many cast albums out there. It's all about fucked-up fairy tales. Uh, you know, characters merging, worlds colliding, lots of uh, fantastic work from the late Steven Sondheim. So check it out. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll get that for season four of High School Musical, the musical, the series.
0: You never know with this show. They've done anything under the Disney umbrella I could see them doing. They could do a Phineas and Ferb musical. I hope they do a Goofy movie as a musical. I've been... That's one that I want to yeah. see on stage. I want to see someone put a goofy movie on Broadway. And
1: oh yeah, you think Ricky's gonna go for Powerline? You think
0: <laughs> Ricky could never? He would try, but he would be the guy with the <laughs> cheese whiz.
1: Ooh, <sighs> yeah, that's absolutely. He'd be like, he'd complain the entire time about the yeah. fact that he just had to carry around a can of cheese whiz
0: definitely my pop culture plug for the week i recently saw the hulu movie fire island and it was a lot oh of fun. yeah I,
1: I yeah i watched that a couple months ago really loved that movie
0: yeah it was a lot of fun uh it got sometimes by britney spears back into my spotify rotation yeah and
1: know and, uh, and speaking of that they also did a very like courtney-esque like acting through the lyrics right uh, <laughs> uh something i didn't realize and this isn't a spoiler but like it took me maybe a third of the movie to realize Oh, is this like a Pride and Prejudice adaptation? It it took me such a long time to realize It took
0: me until the end of the movie to realize that.
1: So, Some of us, it went over our head. But it's really well done. Love Joel Kim Booster. Love Bo and Yang. uh, And it's just a really strong cast.
0: I'm really excited for Joel Kim Booster. He's getting a lot of flowers. Honestly, uh, uh, I could see him as the Human Torch in Marvel.
2: I feel like
0: that would be a good role for him. Uh, We'll see. He was on a recent episode of Newcomers with Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus talking about... uh, end game infinity war end game i don't remember which one mm-hmm. but yeah so he's definitely a fan but mike bloom do you have a hashtag for this episode
1: oh my god i have not been in asked years that question, since y'all have like, done that right in years so my my creativity well has run a bit dry i'll throw it to the veteran first
2: uh what did we
0: talk about uh like any any I don't know. Uh, like, that's the hardest part. Like, I never write anything down, but then at the end, I always talk about it because I guess that's, like, been in my head for so many years.
1: How uh, about uh, hashtag Ricksky, R-I-C-S-K-I, in honor of his outfit?
0: You, yes, you love a good pun, and that's a perfect pun to end Listen, on. Listen, dad back jokes dad for jokes. life. Yes. Well, until next time, everyone, uh, we're all in this together. Hashtag Rickski. Bye.
2: For the first time in forever I'm getting what I'm dreaming of A chance to leave my lonely world A chance to find true love For the first time in forever We're no longer shut outside For the first time in forever i
3: Chapter begins, the pages turn in the wind. The story's so unpredictable, but the best is yet to come. Whoa! I open my eyes and I can see the horizon, and the thrill's indescribable. In the California sun, it shows you never.